Warrior Princess Nation. Welcome back and thank you for listening to the Princess Chronicle podcast. This is Nikisha. I'm so excited for what God has for us today. So grab your Bibles, pens, journals, and let's dive in. I know we've all heard that terminology by now, the struggle is real. And truly, um, if you've lived your life more than 15 minutes, the struggle has at some point been real. Whatever that struggle may be for you, it could be just the struggle of figuring out how to be um, a mom, a parent, um, a good wife. It could be the struggle of figuring out how to balance and live beyond paycheck to paycheck. The struggle of being in ministry, starting a new business, doing a new adventure, um, writing a book, whatever that is, whatever it is you want to accomplish, you have at some point in your life faced some type of opposition. And we as a society have have got it in our minds that opposition is wrong, that anytime we face opposition, anytime we face a struggle, it should be, um, that it shouldn't be that way, that life should be this easy way of, you know, navigating and we shouldn't have these oppositions. But I am just realizing um, that oppositions are necessary. Opposition helps us grow. It helps us develop. It helps us become who God has called us to be. When I look in throughout the Bible, you can see this opposition and you can see the life of Uh, those that are woven in the Bible who face all kinds of struggles in their lives. They face all kinds of oppositions or enemies, if you would, um, in their lives. And so they they overcame. And, And there is a way for us to look at our struggles from a different perspective, a different viewpoint. And I think too many times we look at the struggle um, from our perspective and we go, well, you know, why am I going through this? And when is this ever going to be o- over? And I know I have said that that has been my rally cry for a lot of years now, um, especially dealing with um, hemiplegic migraines and the level of disability they cause and it just not being a migraine. Literally, it looks like you're having a stroke over and over again. And, and you have to recuperate and come back from that. And I do. I fight hard to come back from those. And sometimes I ask God, you know, why do I have to struggle so much? What is the purpose in all of this struggling? Because to be honest with you, in the midst of our struggles, we can't see the good in it. In the midst of going through whatever hardship it is that you're facing, you don't see the good that's coming from this. Um, it is very much so against human nature to see the good in tragedy. And so we're looking at it going, why? God, where are you when I'm struggling? Where are you when things are going on? And so this phrase, and I don't know where it came from, been coined, the struggle is real. And everybody relates to that. Everybody relates to, yes, they go through struggles and struggles are definitely real. Even when the struggle is only real to you, And it's not an actual struggle. Um, This week, I have been dealing with enormous amount of anxiety. And I was trying to figure out, you know, I kept saying to myself, Nikisha, what are you afraid of? You know, what's going on? What are you afraid of? And I've been quoting scripture to myself and I've been praying, you know, God didn't give me a spirit of fear. And then I'm going back to be anxious for nothing, but everything by prayer and supplication, that your request be made known unto God. I mean, I've been going, trying to attack this as most 
you know, as hard as I, so as hard as I possibly can, I've been trying to really um, just attack this. That wasn't helping. Um, I've been praying. I couldn't get any relief. I've been crying out to God. Nothing seemed to be changing. And I'm going, oh my goodness, what is going on? Why are this? I mean, anxiety levels like through the roof. And I don't take medication for anxiety. So I'm just trying to figure out, God, what is going on? So, of course, I keep a regular therapy appointment because the girl got issues. So I am sitting in, um, so I'm saying I got a therapy appointment. And this was just yes, uh, yesterday. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll talk to the therapist about what's going on and try to figure out how to deal with this. And as I was kind of going throughout my day, getting ready for that appointment later on in the afternoon, it dawned on me, Nahisha, you have not been taking your vitamin D. Yes, I made a discovery um, that low vitamin D levels can create some anxiety and depression. As a matter of fact, a lot of it. And I, I at one point had extreme single digit um, vitamin D levels which created a huge amount of anxiety. And so I was taking prescription vitamin D, which at a very, very high potency, got my levels back up and now can take just a vitamin D over the counter that has to have a very, it's a high level of, of vitamin D, but it's over the counter now to just maintain that. And this past week, I hadn't been, ta- I didn't take any vitamin D. Normally I am good at remembering, but I or remembering to take that and I didn't. And so here I am, I can't figure out what's going on and I'm crying out to God, trying to figure out, just fix it. And why am I so anxious and calling out scripture and duh, the struggle was real for me in the moment, but the struggle really wasn't real. It wasn't that I was anxious over something. It was that I allowed my vitamin D levels to get so low that it created a a false sense of anxiety. And so I went and took that vitamin D um, pill chewable and woke up today, no anxiety. And so I'm going, how many of us create struggles? And in our heads and in our minds, those struggles are absolutely real to us as we're dealing with them. But how many of them are really a false sense of struggle? They're not, they're not really about us. It's not really our struggle. Maybe it's something just as small as, as taking a vitamin D or something as small as putting your bills on auto pay so you don't forget to pay them so you don't have late fees um something simple that we can do to make our struggle um less real or less evident in our lives but we're all going to have struggles we're all going to have situations that we deal with in this life as a matter of fact jesus says that in this world we'll have struggle we'll have trials and tribulations but be of good cheer for overcome the world So if Jesus is telling us that we're going to have these difficulties in this life, but we can celebrate those difficulties because they've already been dealt with. He's already overcome the world. So we've already had victory over those situations. That reminds me as I go back and I look over the life of some of the biblical characters. Like I said before, a lot of them had struggles. They had difficulties. They had opposition. They had people who stood in the place of opposition. You had Nehemiah as he got ready to build the wall and how he had opposition in that. But instead of keeping him from building the wall, the opposition actually gave him the strength and the courage 
to pursue and build the wall in record time. You had Moses. He had opposition, right? He had um, Pharaoh was his opposition. And Moses persevered against that opposition until he brought the children of Israel to victory in a new land. And so opposition is going to be there. Daniel chapter six is, is where I want to go today, where Daniel is definitely facing some opposition. There is a decree. So actually, I should guess that there's some haters. There's some opposers um, in the land. And Daniel is in this foreign place. He's in this unfamiliar place. He's been taken captive. He's living in this land. Um, and he has so much favor on his life that he is now put in a position to be a leader's leader. So while the king kind of divides his kingdom up and he puts what's called satraps or administrators over divisions of the kingdom, he put three main administrators, Daniel being one of them, to oversee those that were leading the divisions. So almost as if you had um, governors and then mayors, right? So the mayors are over the individual cities and then Daniel was one of the governors who oversaw the mayors. Kind of to put that more in our political view um, to make it more understandable. So here Daniel is, he's being faithful to pray three times a day to God um, and he's seeking to just be a good leader of leaders. And it's the king who desires to set Daniel up even higher and give him the basically to be second in command. And he's got haters. He's got opposition. And so those that are um, leaders and that are natives to the land don't want Daniel to be put in that position. And so they try to figure out a way to bring about Daniel's demise. And one of the things they do is they seek a way to do it politically. And they can't find anything against Daniel politically. I mean, they are pulling out all the stops to try to figure it out and they can't. And so one of the things they realize is that Daniel is faithful to his God. And so that's the way they devise a plan to bring Daniel down is to go ask the king to make a decree that nobody for the next 30 days could pray to anybody except the king or they'll be thrown into the lion's den. And Daniel remains faithful. So of course they bring up the trumped up charges against Daniel. The law stands and so the king although he doesn't want to, does and has to issue an uh, order to go ahead and have Daniel thrown in the lion's den. And you read that in Daniel chapter 6. Um, so Daniel's thrown in. The king struggles all night long um, because he's, he's distressed. He's sad. Daniel's his friend and he wants to elevate him even more. But there's, now his hands are tied. And so... Daniel is, first thing in, in the morning, he rushes down to go check on Daniel. And Daniel chapter 6, verses 19, reads like this. At the first sight of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, may the king live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the mouth of the lion. They have not hurt me because I have been found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. 
The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. I read down the verse 23. Get this. The king was troubled all night. He didn't eat. He didn't sleep. He didn't want any entertainment. He wrestled all night. But what I found very interesting is the wordings that he said to Daniel. Now, this king wasn't a believer. But when he gets to that place, that den of lions, first thing in the morning, the first thing he does is ask Daniel, is did the God, that, the living God that you serve, has he been able to rescue you? Right? The living God that you that you continue to serve, has he been able to rescue you? This king is recognizing that the God that Daniel served is not like any other God. Okay? And I don't know what God did in this king's heart all night long to have him recognize that there's something about Daniel and the God that he serves, but he's come inquiring. And when Daniel responds back that he's that you know, he shut the mouth of the lions and then I'm okay. He pulls Daniel out. The first thing he examines Daniel. Now, although Daniel's struggle was real and although Daniel was in the midst of a lion's den, the Bible says there was no wound found in him. Isn't that amazing? That can be true for you as well. No matter what den of lions you're facing, what struggle you're facing, God is a God that can bring you through that without a wound being found in your body. As a matter of fact, this reminds me, if you back up just uh, a couple of chapters before, you find a similar situation happening with Daniel's friends. So Daniel chapter three, there's the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they're dealing with King Nebuchadnezzar at the time, who erects this statue of himself to be worshiped. And the three Hebrew boys decide, we're not bowing down to worship this statue. Nebuchadnezzar lights a furnace and whoever doesn't bow down has to get thrown into the furnace. They get bound up. The furnace gets heated up seven times hotter. They get thrown in. I mean, the struggle doesn't get any realer than this. However, as they're thrown into the furnace, the cores that have them bound gets burned up, but not one hair on their head is singed. And when Nebuchadnezzar peeks into the fire, he sees a fourth in there with him. He said, it looks like the son of man or the son of God. Um, so we know here it is. Jesus is in the midst of that fire with him, with them. And they are persevering. They're walking around in the fire, just having this dialogue or conversation with Jesus in the midst of the struggle. So as real as your struggle may be, know that Jesus is able to get in the middle of that struggle with you. And you can be walking around having a conversation and laughing with Jesus in the midst of your struggle. But after each of these incidents, Daniel chapter three, Daniel chapter six, something amazing happens. In Daniel chapter three, Nebuchadnezzar writes a decree that every people under every, in every nation and every language must never say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or they'll be cut in pieces and their house be turned into a pile of rubble. Chapter six, King does the same thing. Darius writes a decree after Daniel is lifted out of the lion's den. He writes a decree to every people in every language and says, I issue a decree, this is verse 26 of chapter 6, I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. Did you see that? Although the struggle was real, 
The struggle really wasn't about Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. The struggle was not about Daniel. The struggle was not about you, warrior princess. The struggle is about God's name being magnified and praised among people. People that don't even know him. And he's used, going to use your life and your struggle to bring glory to the kingdom of God and allow those that are watching you go through your struggle, serve the God that you praise while in a struggle. So keep your head lifted high. Keep praising him. Remember, everybody that has ever been exalted had opposition. Even Jesus had Judas. God bless you. Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful for your word today. Um, sometimes, God, the struggle is amazingly real, and we're not always sure how we're going to come through it, but we thank you that you are in this struggle with us, that you are in the place with us where it's difficult, where it's hard, where it's tight. Sometimes we do things to get ourselves in. Sometimes you lead us in that place. And we understand today that it's okay, that no matter how we got in the struggle, in the difficult, tight spots of life, that not only will you bring us out victorious, but that you're going to bring a people with you, that a people are going to see the struggle we've been through and begin to praise and worship you for the God who overcomes struggles. So we thank you and we honor you for choosing to use our lives in this way. We give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Go in peace. Until next time, remember to fight life battles God's way with both crown and sword. See you soon.